Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are listening to As a Woman, Episode 14, The Infertility Consult. Listen as we talk about what to expect with your first infertility visit. Learn when is it time for you to seek help trying to conceive. Listen to what a fertility doctor thinks you need to know before you step into your first visit. What questions should you ask? What do you need to do to make the most of this first infertility consult? Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman. This is episode 14 the infertility consult. Now, this episode is really timely. If you're listening to this in real time, hey, this is National Infertility Awareness Week, NIAW. And if you follow me on Instagram or on other social sites, you're going to see a lot of action around fertility. And that's because I believe, as do most fertility providers you're ever going to encounter, that there is not enough education or empowerment surrounding fertility, and there is much too much stigma around infertility. And so I'm going to put out a big public service announcement. If you follow me, if you're listening to this, even if you're nowhere near needing infertility, that doesn't mean that you can't empower others by sharing the message and spreading fertility awareness with your own page. But this visit, the infertility consult, is so important to me And let me tell you why. This is what I do. I mean, this is what I do. I spend my life, I've trained for one million years so I can sit in front of you in my office and help you get from point A to point B. Point A to point B is not childless to with child. I wish it was that simple, but really it's from a place of feeling isolated and in denial to point B, which is the place of taking charge of where you are, taking control of what you can, and becoming educated about yourself and your body. I can't guarantee you a child. If I could, I would be magic and you would all come to see me and it would be amazing. But I can't do that. But I can guarantee that I'm going to work my hardest to one, make sure you understand why we do the things that we do. And two, have autonomy and make choices that feel right to you along the journey. This is your journey. I'm just helping you navigate. I'm providing you data. I'm helping you interpret it. But ultimately, this is your choice. This is your life. But I think that so many women, so many couples walk into that first infertility visit so unprepared. And so that is what this episode is. This episode is me to you. Maybe you don't need it now. I hope that you never will. I hope you never set foot in my office. I mean, nobody really wants to be there. But if you do, 
if you find yourself sitting in front of me or somebody like me, this is what I wish you knew. This is what I wish you could take with you into that visit and what I wish you understood walking in the door to make the most of your time. And I'm going to start this by saying, I am on your team. We are on your team. Any fertility doctor you see, we want you to achieve that goal. This is not us trying to make some quota or some numbers or some salesmanship. We're selling you IVF or doing something crazy. No, especially in my office, when you walk in the door, I want you to be empowered on the journey. That's what I'm doing, and I am on your team. I can say we collectively, like all these fertility doctors, because I know that it's true. It's a small field. But also, as you'll see if you're listening to this, this week for NIAW, we're doing a collective post called Infertility Is. And if this applies to you, I really encourage you to come and join us. But I want you to hear some of the words that your fertility doctors are using to describe infertility, because I think that it's important that before you walk in the door, you believe and you know that this person you're going to see is on your team. And so here we go. Infertility is maddening. Infertility is empowering. Infertility is real. Infertility is affecting someone you know. Infertility is a disease. Infertility is temporary. Infertility is not defining. Infertility is hope. Infertility is not forever. Infertility is unfair. Infertility is lonely. Infertility is like death and taxes. Infertility is natural. And infertility is not a personal failure. Okay, so do you have it? We are on your team. I can't tell you how important it is to come into the appointment feeling like you're not at conflict with your doctor who's there to help you. You have to know that they are on your team. You have to believe they're on your team. And if that's not what you're getting from your doctor, if that's not the feeling you have when you leave the office, then leave. Find another practice. This is too personal, too hard, too difficult to not be trusting the person who is there to help you. Do you understand me? There's no shame for saying, this relationship doesn't work for me. I'm going to find a new one. Okay? Empower yourselves. Trust your doctor. And a note about fertility doctors, because I'm super biased and I think we're really cool, but we went through a lot of training to do this job. It is not the same that somebody who hasn't gone to medical school, who hasn't completed a four-year OBGYN residency, then completed a three-year fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility, and sat through countless board exams to become double board certified. It is not the same for some other provider to call themselves a hormone expert or a fertility specialist if they don't have that training. So I mean that not because I'm Ivy League snotty. I mean, I went to all the state schools. I mean it because I went through a ton of training because it takes a long time to be an expert. So choose wisely. Pick a doctor that has the appropriate training. And so that comes to how do you pick who to see? There's the obvious answer, who's close to you. So you're going to go to Google or wherever and look up where you live and what fertility practices are around. 
And who knows, based on your city, how many options you're going to have. You then may talk to friends, ask people you know. You may look at the website. You may see if we have social channels. You may look at reviews. You may see who takes your insurance, whatever. You're going to schedule an appointment somewhere. You're going to go sit your butt in front of a doctor and you're going to pour your heart open and tell your story. That's what you have to do. There's no holding back. You have to tell your story. And so back to being on your team, tell your story. Please do not omit things. I cannot help you if I don't know the truth. I can't make decisions on data I don't know. I say that all the time, but I mean it. If you are withholding facts from me because they're embarrassing or you don't want to admit them or whatever, I have heard it all. I have seen it all. It is all okay. You just need to know that this is the time to be really honest and open. So I feel like so many patients who walk in the door have zero idea what to expect. And that's okay. You've never been in this position before. But let me break it down for you what to expect. And then I'm going to give you some basic facts I think everybody should know. And then some advice that some of my patients, both prior and current, have said they wish that they had known before walking in the door. The first is that the majority of this visit is going to be clothed. So not like when you go to the gynecologist and you get totally undressed and you meet them for the first time on the table, you're going to meet me with your clothes on. We're going to sit in the same room and you're going to open up your heart and tell me it all. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Ritual is essential for women 18 and plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. I love Ritual and I love taking their essential for women 18 plus every single day. One reason I love it is that it's gentle on an empty stomach and it has a minty essence. So every bottle feels refreshing and is actually enjoyable. It's also clinically backed multivitamin with high quality and traceable key ingredients and they have industry-leading sustainability standards. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 and Over is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Rocket Money. Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? Embarrassingly, I am one of those as well. And Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you that otherwise could have been a time-consuming process. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it can be never-ending So Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. They monitor your spending and help you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash A-A-W. That's rocketmoney.com slash A-A-W. Rocketmoney.com slash A-A-W. So here's what I want to know. I want to know, how long have you been trying to get pregnant? What type of contraception did you use before you tried to get pregnant? Since you've been trying, have you been tracking your cycles? If so, with what? 
just an app, an Ava bracelet, an OPK, BBT, CMM. What have you been using? Have you been timing intercourse? Are there any issues with intercourse? Difficulties with erection, ejaculation, pain with intercourse. How are your periods? Are your periods regular? Are your periods painful? How long do they last? How many days of spotting? Any history of infections, gonorrhea, chlamydia, tuberculosis, any of that, any abdominal surgeries in the past, any cervical or uterine surgeries, any pregnancies, any abortions, terminations, miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies. If so, what happened? What was the treatment? When was the treatment? If you've given birth in the past, was it complicated? Were there any issues? Was it vaginal? Was it C-section? How long did it take you to get pregnant with that baby? Was it with the same partner or was it with a different partner? What medical problems do you have? What medications are you taking? What herbs? What supplements? What doses? What allergies? What's your diet? What toxins are you exposed to? Do you drink coffee, alcohol? Do you smoke cigarettes, exposed to nicotine, marijuana, other drugs? What do you do for a living? Do you do shift work? Do you travel? What is your basic stress level? What about your partner? Has he ever gotten anybody pregnant in the past? Does he have medical problems? Does he take medications? Does he take supplements or testosterone or any androgens? Has he had surgery in the past? What are his habits? His diet? Does he smoke? Does he use drugs? Does he drink alcohol? Does he drink caffeine? What does he do for a living? Does he travel, work shifts, etc.? So boom, I just knocked out a patient history of both you and your partner in like two minutes. Those are going to be rapid fire questions. Of course, each thing will be expanded upon as you tell your story. I think the meat of the story is really how long have you been trying? How long have you been not trying but not preventing? And what your period status is? Is your period regular or not regular? How are you really tracking cycles or not tracking them? And what other symptoms do you have pain at any times? From this, there's going to be a basic series of tests that we're going to do. And before I go through them, I just want to reiterate some really basics of female anatomy that are important in understanding why we do these tests. The first is ovulation. So I've covered ovulation in multiple episodes now. You can reference it in Infertility 101, naturally infertile, the menstrual cycle, age infertility, and I'm covering it so much because it's the key. It's the key to life. If you don't ovulate, you cannot get pregnant. It is that simple. And what is the number one sign that you are ovulating? Regular periods. That is it. Regular predictable periods. And so that's key there. You got to have those regular cycles. And so listen, you have your ovary. You have all the eggs you are ever going to have trapped inside a vault inside your ovary. Yes, I know Nat's talking about the vault analogy, but I really like it. So I'm going to do it again. I can't see in the vault. No doctor can see in the vault. It's like a steel wall. Who knows how many eggs are in there? But when they're out, they are out. Each month, a group of eggs is released from the vault. These eggs are called the antral follicles. And we can count those on ultrasound. The brain then will send out FSH, or follicle-stimulating hormone, my favorite hormone in the body. I mean, the name makes so much sense. FSH, it stimulates a follicle. It's brilliant. And so the brain sends out FSH, which stimulates a follicle to grow. As that follicle grows, the egg inside matures and makes estrogen. 
your estrogen rises as the egg becomes more mature. This is what causes a change in your cervical mucus. So you get that egg white sticky type 4 cervical mucus right at ovulation. And with a high enough estrogen level, the brain will then be triggered to send out LH or a luteinizing hormone in a surge. The LH surge, which is what can be detected by ovulation predictor kits, is what causes ovulation. And so the LH surge happens about 24 to 36 hours before you ovulate. You then ovulate. The follicle the egg is in essentially ruptures. Have you ever heard of having a ruptured cyst? That follicle is a cyst on ultrasound and it ruptures. The egg is then released and hopefully picked up by the fimbria or the ends of the tube. The egg is then fertilized in the fallopian tube. And the egg can only be fertilized within those first 24 hours. Otherwise, it can't be fertilized at all. After it is fertilized, an embryo is formed and it makes its way down the fallopian tube into the uterine cavity about five to six days later at the stage of a blastocyst. A blastocyst is about 100 to 200 cells and this is the normal stage of implantation. So a few things important to note. After the LH surge, the brain then continues to send out little pulses of LH, luteinizing hormone. The cyst that that egg came from is called a corpus luteum. This corpus luteum makes progesterone. This is the only place progesterone comes from, you guys, after you ovulate. Corpus luteum makes progesterone. It is not a steady state. These little LH pulses from the brain can cause progesterone to be anywhere from 3 to 40 nanograms per milliliter. So there's a huge variation. And so if you check a progesterone level about a week after ovulation and it's higher than three nanograms per milliliter, you have ovulated. So I tell you all of this because I think it's really important. When you don't have an implantation occur five or six days later, your hormone levels start to drop. The corpus luteum dies off if there's no pregnancy. And then you have a period from that hormone withdrawal. When After you have a period... The brain will then send out more FSH. The cycle begins again. And so we're in a constant state of egg depletion and ovulation. If you don't ovulate, this is a constant question, that group of antral follicles, they're still going to die off because they did not get stimulated by FSH. So if you're on birth control pills preventing FSH secretion, you're still losing eggs. So being on birth control pills or not having periods for whatever anovulatory reason that's not preserving your egg count in any fashion. But so describing that whole process of how you ovulate and where egg and sperm meet and when implantation occurs, now you can know all the tests that we do. So hello, welcome to my office. I'm going to do an ultrasound. I'm going to count the antral follicles in your ovaries. I'm going to look at your uterus to make sure there's no structural abnormalities that could make it hard for a pregnancy to implant. I'm also going to recommend an HSG, an x-ray dye test. This is called a hysterosalpingogram, and it gets a terrible reputation. So do not Google it. I know you're going to want to, but just don't do it. It's not worth it. Really what this test is, as a speculum goes in the vagina, a small catheter goes to the cervix, and we inject dye into the uterus while we see the inside of the uterine cavity and the fallopian tubes. It usually does feel like severe menstrual cramps, but it's very brief. The whole test usually lasts less than two minutes. And so with that and the ultrasound, I'm evaluating all of your anatomy. I'm good. 
I'm also going to check some hormones. So I'm going to check anti-mullerian hormone or AMH, which is a hormone that's made from the cells that surround all of those antral follicles. AMH is used to quantify how many eggs you have. It's going to categorize you as above average, average, below average, or low. And that number is helpful for us to understand how much time you may have remaining. It is not perfect. It varies month to month. There's no correlation with your ability to get pregnant. It is correlated with the number of eggs we may get in an IVF cycle. I'm also going to check other hormones depending on your circumstance. Thyroid, prolactin, FSH, LH, estradiol, vitamin D, just depends on what you're telling me in your history as far as your menstrual cycles and other symptoms go. We're going to check a semen analysis in your male partner. We want to understand what the sperm count is. Are the sperm moving and are they normal shaped? And then there's also going to be a recommendation for preconception counseling, which can include genetic carrier screening, your blood type, rubella, varicella, and infectious disease testing. Now that's the basic. So my very standard patient would come in. We'd go through that whole history. We will do an ultrasound, draw blood, schedule the x-ray dye test and the semen analysis, and then have a follow-up visit to go over treatment options. Now, based on your history or your circumstance, maybe you've had a lot of miscarriages, maybe you are older, maybe you have severe pain, sometimes other things will be recommended right from the start. So this is not a one-size-fits-all approach, meaning I may know from the minute I see you, you need IVF for whatever reason. Maybe it's based on your family planning goals, like how old you are, how many kids you want. Maybe it's based on some other history you are giving me. But if I know that, I'm not going to make you go through a whole bunch of stuff if it's not going to apply. So really, we tailor this workup. We personalize it to what you need. But it's important that you understand, okay, this is what to expect walking in the door in order to be best prepared. And I always get asked, when is the right time for the infertility consult? Like, when do you come see me? And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. My closet has a tendency to get chaotic and crammed with a bunch of clothes that I don't really want to wear. What's been a game changer for me has been upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe full of luxury and classic essentials and I stayed on budget. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and they do this by partnering directly with top factories, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to us. In addition, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing and premium products and finishes. I personally am loving the linen pieces as it's Texas and summer's upon us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Caraway. Spring is coming and I always love a good home reset. Non-toxic cookware is the perfect way for you to kick off your own spring cleaning. With so many collections to explore, there is a caraway for every cook. Their internet-famous kitchenware is a staple for any home. It comes with beautiful shades to fit your aesthetic, but most importantly, you're ditching the chemicals. Caraway's non-toxic kitchenware 
becomes a chemical-free ceramic coating so your food can be prepared without any of those hard-to-pronounce chemicals leaching in to your healthy ingredients. Everybody knows that I am a big believer that our environment impacts our body, and that's why I trust Caraway with my cooking. Visit carawayhome.com A-A-W to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners, so visit carawayhome.com A-A-W or use the code A-A-W at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. And so here's the textbook answer. Infertility is defined as trying to get pregnant for 12 months if you are less than 35 or for six months if you are older than 35. If you have been trying that amount of time, you should be in my door. You should also come see me sooner if there is a more concerning factor. If your periods are irregular, please do not wait a year. Just come on in. If you're having trouble with intercourse, difficulties with erection, ejaculation, or severe pain, come on in. If you are getting older and just starting your family, you don't have to wait. You can come on in. We can do some of the evaluation. And if it's all normal based on your goals, we can decide. I have a couple right now who's a little older, came in, everything's normal. They're going to go try for a few months and then come back if they're not pregnant. But at least they have a little bit less anxiety in that process because they know he has sperm. It's normal. Her tubes are open. She's not out of eggs. They feel comfortable with where they are. Now, when we see you as a fertility doctor, everybody's at a different stage of the game. Some people are very well informed about their fertility. I don't have to spend time going over the menstrual cycle because you guys have listened to this podcast and the menstrual cycle podcast and you are up to speed. That's great. I can use my one hour with you a lot better because we don't have to cover all of that. Some people have never given a thought to how they ovulate, and that's perfectly fine too. I then use a lot of that time to go over the menstrual cycle so they understand why we're doing the tests that we do. I highly encourage every single patient to come in with like a pad of paper, a notebook, whatever, or the notes app on your phone. It all works. But any question, like brain dump it onto the page or the app before you come in, because the truth is... A lot of the infertility visit is your doctor educating you about some of the things I just said, but we're going over normal process, what can go wrong, all the different causes of infertility, the testing that we're going to do, treatment basics or estimated chance of success based on your situation, and then what the next steps are. And that's a lot of stuff. So some question you may have, is soy bad for me? What amount of vitamin D should I be taking? Can I drink coffee? Those things may not be brought up by your doctor, and it's not because they are bad. It's because they're covering a lot of info in a short amount of time. And depending on what knowledge level you come in with and what questions you have and what all you guys are talking about, they may or may not bring it up. So if it's something you're curious about, write it down so you can make sure to get it have it asked. I've never told a patient no if they say, oh, I wrote some questions down. I'm always going to say, great, ask me. Let's make sure that you leave here with all your questions answered. And here are the questions I think it's important to ask. What is my chance of pregnancy with no treatment? What is my chance of pregnancy with a different treatments? 
What are things that I can do to have a higher chance of success? Diet, environment, lifestyle, acupuncture, therapy. And I think it's important if you have any question or if something doesn't make sense, you stop right away and you ask for an explanation. You must understand what you are doing. And I think it's important to talk about insurance here because price and cost and money is scary and hard to talk about. Most commercial insurances will cover testing. So that means coming in for your visit, getting all those tests, the ultrasound, the x-ray, the blood work, that's just going to go to your deductible based on what your plan is. You'll pay a subspecialist copay. That's pretty standard. Most insurance companies do not pay for treatment. There are some companies and some insurances that do. And if you have a plan that does, that's great. Know this though, most plans are not, come on, do whatever you want. There's often certain requirements. Sometimes I have to order tests that I deem unnecessary because it's your insurance requirement. In order to qualify for the benefit, we have to jump through their hoops. So if you have an insurance plan that covers fertility treatment, yay, that's amazing. But if they make us do six IUIs before they'll cover an IVF cycle, that's what we have to do if we want to use the plan. So we, in our office, will run your insurance before you come. You'll know how much is expected of you before your first visit. And when you leave and you're ready for treatment, we'll have an idea of what tests will and will not be covered, what your plan does and does not cover, so you can know what you are looking at. And speaking of cost of treatment, if you don't have insurance, based on the cycle or what you're going to do, it can really range. Cycles for ovulation induction or super ovulation with or without an IUI, they can range anywhere from $500 to $2,000. Cycles of IVF, depending on if we're doing InvoCell, which I'll talk more about at some time, a minimally invasive IVF process, or if we're doing IVF with genetic testing, or if we're doing donor egg IVF, that can range anywhere from 10000 to 35000 So there's a huge variation, $500, $35,000. We don't know what you need yet. So you have to know that it's going to be scary A good clinic will be really transparent in what the cost is because we know that it's overwhelming and it's going to take up some of your life. You're just going to have to go in, not in denial that this is where you are, accepting that we're on the same team and that we're looking out for you. When I asked some current and former graduated patients what they thought they wish they had known before their first infertility consult, Certainly, cost and finances was a big part of it because it's just scary. So I think just understanding that there's going to be some financial investment, you can start to process it and not be afraid of the data that your doctor is saying, just waiting to see that financial counselor. I also think that it's important to know that you're probably going to get blood work done at your first visit. And that's what some of these patients said too. Hey, you're going to get blood work done. And so don't be surprised if your doctor's drawing your blood, doing an ultrasound, if it's more than just talking at that visit. And starting treatment really is going to depend on where you are in your cycle. So someone who happens to see me on cycle day one or two, meaning she has just started her period, may have a lot more options and move through the process much faster 
than somebody who is in week three of her cycle waiting to see if she is pregnant from that month. And so where you are in your cycle does matter on how fast we can get through an evaluation and get to treatment. I also love the advice that this is a marathon. The consult is mile one, the testing is mile two, your first cycle is mile three, and so on and so forth. So don't expect to get pregnant right away. Maybe that's a really terrible thing for me to say, but it's not most people's reality. And I think that that letdown is really strong. And so it is very important to have expectations that can be met. On that same note, you should and you deserve to know what the odds are that you are going to get pregnant if you do nothing, meaning just keep having sex. If you do treatment A, treatment B, treatment C, they should be really clear for you by your doctor. That way, if somebody tells you there's a 10% chance that you're pregnant and you're not pregnant afterward, you can at least know, hey, the odds are I wasn't going to be pregnant after that. Nine out of 10 times, somebody's not pregnant. Odds are really hard to talk about because for any given person, her odds are either 100 or zero. It either worked or it didn't work. But odds help us put things in perspective and make choices that are right for us. Even if an IUI cycle is $2,000, if you do six of them, you've spent a huge chunk of money that could have covered a large portion of IVF. Less aggressive doesn't always mean more successful or easier or better. It totally depends on you, your situation, your evaluation, and your goals. And I'm going to end with this piece of advice from a patient that I thought was really great is that there truly is no shame in this process. Remove it from your body. There's no shame in walking in my door. There's no shame in having to be here. One out of eight couples suffers from infertility. I am so sorry that it's happening to you. Nobody blames themselves when they have thyroid abnormalities and needs to take thyroid medication. Why are you blaming yourself for your infertility? It's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. We are just going to get data and make smart choices. So let the shame go. I can tell you from my experience on this side of the table and from watching people go through it, those who are vocal about what they're experiencing, even on a personal scale with their friends and family members who have support, they tend to do better. Their emotional debit card has got more money in the bank than somebody who is trying to do it all alone who feels really isolated. And maybe you don't have a person. Maybe you need a therapist. That's fine too. But you need to find somebody who makes you feel and know that there is not shame in this process and that you are not alone. I also think there is huge power in community to all the women and men sharing their hearts on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on podcasts, on blogs. Your story is so impactful to so many others. And I am so proud to be a part of the fertility community because it is inspiring. So if you are being called to share your story, I am just coming on the record to say, please, girl, do. Other women need it. There is strength in your story. There is power in sharing. It is important to let other people know that they are not alone. And so that's my challenge. I'm wrapping up with how I started. 
A bunch of fertility physicians all over the country who are on social media are doing a campaign for National Infertility Awareness Week with the hashtag InfertilityIs. And we're posing with filters or signs or letter boards saying what we think infertility is because we see so many couples suffering. And if you are somebody who feels compelled, we would love to have you join in our conversation talking about what infertility is to you or to your family members or to your friends or what you know about it and help us spread the word that infertility is certainly not something to be ashamed of and it is something that happens to so many that we can support each other more by talking about it. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening in today and I can't wait to hear what you think. Please continue to share the As A Woman podcast with your friends, your family. Please continue to send the feedback on what episodes you'd love to hear in the future. You can also follow along on my Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD or check out the blog at NatalieCrawfordMD.com. And please join in for next week's episode number 15, Motherhood and Medicine. See you then. Mm-hmm.